Our gods were born splinters of a soul, of one who seeks to take control, destroys all land that he beholds with spite. They are his spren, his gift, his price. But the night forms speak of future life, a challenge, champion, a strife, even he must requite. From the listener's song of secrets, final stanza. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Akathra. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 33 and 34. This is the final episode of uh, part two. So if you are not in the right spot, you've picked the wrong episode by accident. You definitely don't want to get spoiled. There is an awesome, awesome part at the end. I can't wait to talk to Jack about it. But if you um, haven't caught up in your reading yet or you're in the wrong spot, please make sure you are. And if you are exactly where you're supposed to be, enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q. And, you know, he just got back from completing his mission in Ahmed Laden. Oh, my God. What did you do? It's Jack. Ahmed Laden. I wasn't responsible for that. I think you might have been. You remember we I picked was... you up in Ahmed Laden and then you literally killed everyone. And then I had to sink the ship. Remember that? No, no, I don't remember that at all. Uh, selective memory, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Oh, uh, how are you doing? Well, uh, I'm not even going to wait for you to answer that no, question. No, you, you're, you're like, how are you I, doing? Fuck that. I don't even care. How are you doing? Let's talk about this. Well, this was crazy. This was nuts yeah, today. Dude. 33 you, and 34. Before we get into specific chapters nuts. here, do you want to just talk about like the like the big reveal and like just... Yeah, like, wow. So as I was just mentioning to you before getting on to record... Um, what was so interesting for me as a first-time reader is that I do believe there were a few breadcrumbs, and I think they were intentional to hint at a, what Tin was or what she could have been like. Right. So, um, but to get this reveal, I was both, I felt right and wrong. Expected and I felt, unexpected. I felt like I picked up a couple of little 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 hints with the smoke thing in the previous mm-hmm. chapter, yeah. and or the, just a couple other things. And even in this text, it was interesting that she was being referred to as, um, as a uh, what did it say in the text? High, not a highborn. Um, as a light eyes, I think. And then it was describing her tent as being very extravagant and i was just like wait a second well, she's not a light eyes but but yeah she had like you know the fancy fancy rugs and like nice tent and yeah so it just i don't know there's... she even says you know that you know yeah. none of this stuff matters the rug the tent none right. of this stuff matters because we can't we have to leave it all behind we'll get to that later yeah we'll get to it but, but no what was really interesting about it is that i just I knew that there was something up with the character. I just, I didn't know what it was going to be, you know, who should have been right. Yasna's 
murderer. Right. Well, she, she, she was, and she wasn't right. This says later that we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it later, but she yeah. couldn't be there because she hates boats, but she, right. her she team is ships. the team that set it up. Right. <laughs> like her, she right. set up this whole, the, the whole hit. Right. The hit. Yeah. Um, I actually want to read before we get into it. Let's, let's read up this part here. I just found, um, there's only a very brief moment that um Ahmed Lawton is referred to that which mm-hmm. is where um the assassins get picked up and stuff and it's in uh, it's on chapter 6 a terrible destruction which is quite funny now that we hear that you know chapter in this chapter six. they pick up Yasna's terrible destruction it says uh, um Yalb is talking to the new kid on the boat and Shalon turned her heart still racing to see Yalb walking over with the new kid, a six foot tall hulk of a man who was at least five years Yalb's senior. They'd picked him up in Ahmed Laden, the last port. Tozbek wanted to be sure they wouldn't be undermanned during the last leg of New Natanen. So this tiny right. little chapter, this tiny little paragraph, I should say, is right. the moment when yeah. it all started. And it reverberates to this point where, you know, Yasna's dead and now Shalon yeah. has to kill this lady that she's grown to right. like, you know, and it all starts with this tiny little paragraph here, like a throwaway paragraph. It means nothing. This guy, he, we just picked him up as an extra, you know, deckhand or whatever. It's pretty fucking yeah. cool. Pretty neat. Well, I mean, okay. So let's, let's start with chapter 33. Let's start with Burden's. Um, the stanza here is from the listener's song of Spren, 10th stanza, but it is not impossible to blend their surges to ours in the end. It has been promised and it can come, or do we understand the sum? We question not if they can have us then, but if we dare to have them again. So what do you think about this? Yeah, I, I think that... The two were one at one point, and then they have been separated, and perhaps being reunited may not be the best course of action. Yeah, it's, it's strange, right? We, it is strange. We like the, you know, they're, they're saying explicitly here that the listeners um, had the ability to get spread and have surges. Right. Right. Just like humans can. It had, uh, it has been promised and it had, it, it can come. And it can come. Right. And then it says, but do we dare have them again? Now they're. Or do we understand the sum, like the sum being the two of them together? Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It's. Is that um, the sum or is it just the, or is it the sum, the result of putting the two, just mm-hmm. the result? Like what happens if the two. Right. Are together. Remember, these epigraphs are supposed to be informative yet vague at the same time, so that like it makes us think, but it doesn't really give us too much information to give anything away, right? Um, but it is really interesting to find out that they've said that before in one of the last um, uh, uh, epigraphs that a spren betrayed the listeners and gave their surges to humans, mm-hmm. and then here it's saying like you know we could have those surges again, but do we even dare have them? So it's really interesting to to think about the two things. They're upset that they were betrayed, but they're also like, well, do we even dare have that power, right? So it's re- really interesting. So Kaladin, we so we get the conclusion of uh, Kaladin and the assassin in white jumping out of that hole that he made. Yeah. Um, 
So Kaladin's falling, yeah, so here plummeting. It is, man. They actually, they actually say plummeted, which always reminds me of uh, Winona Ryder in, uh, I think it might be Beetlejuice, where she's writing. Oh yeah, she's <laughs> her, writing her her suicide super note, goth. and she's like, yeah. yeah, she's like, she's like, I will have fallen, and then she scratches it out and says plummeted <laughs> yeah <laughs> so whenever i hear the word plummeted i yeah. just go right to right to winona Ryder. i've always felt um, like renona Ryder in in beetlejuice is tim burton like it's the female tim burton <laughs> you know what i mean this is what i imagine a teen a 14 year old tim burton would have been like a tim burton feels like yeah, oh yeah. god that's funny um the tempest within kaladin was still too little stormlight he was looking at the assassin as, as they're falling. He has spheres. Right. Kaladin breathed in sharply and light was streaming from the spheres in pouches in the assassin's waist. Isn't that awesome? And then he hits. He hit hard. Yeah. No preparation. No getting his feet beneath him. He smacked against cold, wet stone and his vision flashed like lightning. He yeah. survived. This is really cool. He only survives because he's got the stormlight in him. If right, he doesn't remember that Zeth has stormlight yeah. to spare, then right. Kaladin's dead. <laughs> like he dies right. here. The stormlight was already working on his skin, which was shredded along his right side. He'd broken something in his shoulder. He could feel its healing as a burning pain that slowly retreated. I love this description of the healing process happening. Mm-hmm. It just is so Wolverine. It's a little superhero. It's very it's just, cool. I, I'm digging it so much. And, but then it describes in the next, couple, in the next two, uh, two chapters down, nearby the assassin in white stood up straight in the rain. He'd somehow gotten his feet beneath him and landed in control with poise. So there's a Matrix landing if I ever. Oh yeah, for I sure. Ever, ever had one. He's, so he lands. I just love that the two of them just very, very different in their landing. Right, one yeah. completely in control, the other not so much. Literally in flailing about like a child, yeah. like. Ah! Dude, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know where this was going to go. Like so, Zeth makes Kaladin look like Renarin in this. Like, yeah, like a completely like a child, not a able to, to, to handle yeah. it. And Zeth just looks like the most experienced thing ever. Yeah. And we already yeah. knew this, right? We already know that. Kaladin, Kaladin's the Padawan. Yeah. You're, you're totally he right. He really is. Yeah, you're right. You're, 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 you're the Padawan. Kaladin is the one who wants to go to Tashi Station to get power converters. You know what I mean? <laughs> Aww. <laughs> Aww. Come on. Zeth, how can you Aww. use it so well? Oh, you landed so cool. Um, Kaladin didn't understand a word that the assassin was saying. The assassin was speaking to him in a breathy and sibilant sort of uh, a tone or, 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 or words. A lot of shush sounds. Kaladin thinks to himself, I've got to move before he summons that blade again. Then he thinks about his hand, his arm. Right. And he thinks, no more spear fighting. No more surgery. Both men he had learned to be were now lost to him. Yeah. Except he could almost feel. And the assassin says to him in, in a sort of, I think it's a broken, a lethy accent. Did I lash you to the ground? But why did you not die falling? No, I must have lashed you upward. Impossible. Yeah. 
the color ret- was returning to his arm, to Kaladin's arm. The feeling, he felt cold pain suddenly flooding his arm, his hand, his fingers. Then light began to stream from his hand, and then the assassin says, No. No! Whatever Kaladin had done to his hand and had consumed much of his light, and his overall glow had faded, Kaladin grabbed a knife from his belt, but felt weak. He swaps it to his offhand, threw himself to his feet, and charged the assassin. I've got to hit him quick in order to have a chance. Yeah. The assassin jumps backwards. He lands with a lithe grace, shard blade appearing in his hand. And he says to Kaladin, what are you? Same thing you are. Windrunner. You can't be, the assassin in white says. A few wisps of light remain, or sorry, I love this. Kaladin holds up the knife. The few wisps of remaining light steaming from his skin. Yeah. I love that description, it's dude. So His great. skin is steaming. Yeah, it's great. With light coming. It's like off when it. your it's body's hot brilliant. and you go out in the cold or something, or it's like yeah, you know yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's dude, really it's, neat. It's it's like it, or it's like he's like a a slightly warmed like oven that you're putting out in the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, and it's like hissing when the rain hits <sighs> yeah, your skin. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's really neat. Um, the assassin scrambles backwards, um, and says, "They told me." They okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 get to that in a second here. Let's go over what we just okay. just read, okay? Yeah, okay. Because there's a lot to talk about here. So Zeth first off speaks well, in a language d- that um that Cal doesn't understand. He doesn't recognize. Yeah, he doesn't a lot realize of it. Yeah, I I I love this part when he says no, like no more fighting, no more surgery. Before he, oh, it's so sad because it's like we've already talked kind of about Kaladin's like identity, and these two things yeah. are his identity, right? We kind of mentioned right. it in the last episode that this uh, this arm being gone would literally cripple him, you know, like in quotations and to, not in quotations, but like it, it the it, du- the almost almost the dual personality of this character that's been built so far is now over in one swing of a shard blade, yeah. Yeah. So it's so it's so cool. Yeah, it's just it, a, it, a small little thing could have completely taken away someone's com- all their their identity. It's crazy. I love the next sentence though. Except ellipsis, he could almost feel ellipsis. Yeah. It's 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 almost like Vader's like I've not felt that presence since. Yeah, <laughs> he he knows it's there's that, it's that there's something up. There's something else. There's happening something here. going on. Yeah, and I like how he says and he it, has to. He gritted his teeth and he heaved somehow. It's like there was this mm-hmm. barrier that he had to break through in order to be able to heal that part of his body. Because mm-hmm. normally the stormlight would just passively heal him, but this mm-hmm. was he had to exert control of the stormlight in order to be able to heal his arm. I also like that the assassin in white here, when he says, did I lash you? It's like, he's asking him a question. He's taking it out of, I'm trying to kill you. We're battling each other. And he's asking, you know, a matter of circumstance regarding what what just occurred. Wait a minute. You should be dead. Did I lash you? Did I like make it so that, like, did I save you by accident or something? Like his, his, his eyes go from being darkened and they lose their sapphire blue quality. So again, it's the light leaving him. So he's, he's, I guess he's electing to have a conversation right now versus wanting to continue battle. He wants to learn. 
Right. He doesn't want to battle. He wants more information. Right. Well, he he's confused, which is, which right? is really neat because the, the yeah. it goes into what we're about to read here, where they you know they told me uh, I was a liar, all this stuff. We'll get to that in a second, but mm. he he doesn't understand why Cal's alive. No, he understands no why he's alive. He knows right, he can Mr. do stuff, <laughs> but he's like, why should you be? Why are you alive, Mister Matrix? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't understand. So he asks him that. Yeah, no, it's 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 amazing. And then he, you know, Kaladin gets up barely, though it seems, mm-hmm. uh, throwing this knife to his offhand. But the assassin again, he throws the knife and he's he's going to charge him. But the assassin jumps backward. Yeah. He doesn't want any of this. No. And then he and then he asks him, "What are you?" Right. And then he says, "The same thing as you are. I'm a windrunner." And then he says, "You can't be right." And I love this next little line here. Okay, um, so that says, infers so because he said windrunner, what that infers then, if he says you can't be, that must mean that Zeth mm-hmm. has his own understanding of what a windrunner is. Yeah, he he recognizes the be, word and what it means, and he's well, saying he, you he, can't he knows be what it, right. So right. he has an idea about what it means to be a windrunner mm-hmm. and what he's exhibited so far in Kaladin. Right. He's saying, no, you're not that. Um, he, he's. So that's interesting. Right. He, yeah, he's saying, well, he, like, first off, he doesn't understand. He doesn't really know. Cal hasn't really done anything to show him any power other than surviving that fall. Cal, in the fight earlier yeah. in the last Did chapter, Cal, Cal oh yeah, soaked he in, into him. he yeah, soaked he, in Stormlight, but just enough right. to be strong, right. fast, not enough to be able to do any lashings or anything, because he didn't and want he to show to Adeline and Dalinar that he had anything. So that means Zeth couldn't really see right. it either. But right. the one thing that's standing out to Zeth is, you survived this fall when you shouldn't have been. Did I lash right. you? Because you don't have the ability to survive that fall. And then he says, what are you? When he says a windrunner. That's when he says, you can't be. You can't be. And that, okay. that response, it, it makes right. this line, I just love this line here. It says, the assassin scrambled backwards, eyes as wide as if Catalan had turned into yeah. a chasm fiend. And, and a, I love yeah. this because the chasm fiend is this like uh, metaphor for this great monster. And now Caladan well, you know is what? being looked at as a monster. Do you know what I mean? Well- you know what I see though? Uh, I mean, maybe a monster. Yes, uh, certainly. But in, I'll, I'll, add an, I'll add another word to that. Survivor. Right. Because the chasm fiends, like the rock buds, they just show great resilience. They do. To they weather the storm. Them. They, yeah. they have to weather the war between the Parshendi and the, and the Alethi. Like, come on. Like, how much more can a chasm fiend take? Right. The environment is already hostile. And right. then you've got these two warring peoples that are, that you're caught up in the mix. Yeah. Like, you're just trying to live, bro. The, chasm fiends are just chasm trying to live. fiends alone. Yeah, like, dude. what are you doing? They're just trying it's to crazy. pupate and shit. Like, come on now. Dude. Yeah. Leave them alone. I mean. Okay. So let's, uh, um, let's, let's continue the, the rest of this little POV here because this is, this next part is really great. So they say, so then, so Kaladin turns, uh, so yeah. The assassin comments, they told me I was a liar. They told me I was wrong. Zeth's son, son Valano, truthless. They named me truthless. Kaladin steps forward as threateningly as he could, doing his uh, intimidation check here. Yeah, for sure. To look with, imposing. Dude, with advantage. He breathes out, with advantage, <laughs> yeah. he breathes out, letting, letting it puff before him, faintly luminescent in the darkness, and the assassin scrambles back through a puddle. And he asks Kaladin a few questions. This is asks great. it twice. He says, are they back? And then he demands, 
Are they all back? Yes, Kaladin says. It seemed like the right answer. The answer that would at least keep him alive. Yeah, Cal doesn't even know what... He's not sure. Not necessarily no. sure what he's talking about, but he knows you know that what, if he says no... You know what that is? Yeah. You know what that is right what? there? That's a dash of Yasna, a little sprinkle of uh, Shalon. <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah, just pretend it and fake it until you make it. Fake it till you make it, baby. Yeah, yeah. That's it. So there, there, he's just he's just saying yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how his the thought process afterwards. It seemed like the right answer, yeah. the answer that would keep him alive. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so awesome. Good. Yeah. The assassin stares at him for a few moments longer and then turns and flees. Kaladin watches the glowing form run, and then lurch into the sky. He zips eastward as a streak of light. Dude. That's nuts. Dude, Zeth just fucking Superman the fuck he, out of here. Yeah, teleportation, trans turned himself No, he didn't energy, teleport. Something. Teleport would have been here well, one minute, yeah, gone another. This is, he lurches up into yeah. the sky and, yeah. and takes off yeah. as a, a streak of light. As a streak of light, yeah. Fucking Superman up in this shit. There's a star man. <laughs> <laughs> it does definitely go with your uh, Matrix thing where, you know, he does the fucking oh, yeah. uh, Neo uh, landing at the end and then just fucking poof, takes off. And then Cal- I like Calvin's, uh, Calvin's response here to seeing that is he's like storms. Yeah. Like he's, which is basically holy fucking shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is I, the Stormlight I, Archive. Holy shit balls. I mean, <laughs> Random Mr. Sanderson, I think he might have originally wrote Holy Fucking Chipmunk. Like, and then he was like, I, I got to shorten that down to just Storms. It's just, I'm like a couple of words too long for this novel, so. <laughs> he, he thought, I'm never going to be able to pass all of these swear words, so I better just come up with Storms. Yeah. I think Storms might, S-T-O-R-M-S could be an acronym for, for some, shit. For a lot of the, bad words. Uh, shit the, oh, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to figure out what Storms means. Uh, we get a point of view change and then Kaladin regains consciousness and Syl is standing beside him on the rocky ground, her hands on her hips. Man, I got to say, I love this classic Peter Pan pose. Yeah, for sure. The hands on the hip. Yeah. It's been used by Tinkerbell. Yeah. It's been Peter. used by Peter Pan. Yeah. yeah. The hands on the hip. It's de- it's just the imagery's there. The iconography's yeah, there. It's, it's a great little nod. You're not wrong, man. Your, your Peter Pan no, stuff is, is right up wrong. in there. I can't be. I mean, I would love to talk to Mr. Sanderson about it, but um, I think it's right there. Sleeping when you're supposed to be on guard duty, eh? She, she says to him. <laughs> yeah. Kaladin groans and sits up. Um, <laughs> this is good shit and, here. And mir- miraculously, yeah, he holds up his hand and he says he could, he could move his fingers. His entire hand and forearm ached, but it was the most wonderful ache he'd ever felt. And he says, he says, I healed. I healed from a shard blade wound. Why didn't you tell me I could do that? Because I didn't know you could do it until you did it, silly. (laughs) Yeah, right. She said, her voice grows, grows softer. There are dead up above. Kaladin nods and he manages to get up and find himself up the stairs to climb up. I think he's at the base of the pinnacle. Yeah, base of the pinnacle. He reaches the top. Yeah, you know how long of a fucking walk that is too, right? Oh, it's so long. So he's just, he's hurting and he's just making his way. The hallways were silent. There were no shouts, no guards, but he continued on feeling alone until he saw light up ahead and he heard a voice call out, stop, you in the dark, identify yourself. This was Mart. 
of Bridge 4. Martin Moash are standing guard at the king's chambers. They let out whoops of surprise when they see Kaladin, and they usher him into Elokar's quarters, where Dalinar and Adelin are. Yeah. We get to get a little bit more about Eth, E-T-H. I like this character's name. Eth was tending their wounds. Eth was in Bridge 4 and uh, learned basic field medicine. Isn't this cool, man? This is, you know, so cool. this is fucking awesome because literally Cal has not just turned Bridge 4 into a fighting force. He's turned them mm-hmm. all into field medics. Medics, yeah. Imagine a team that can go out and fight and then all heal each other or heal the people. Like, it's so just crazy. He, here's a thought. I just had it. Yeah. So he 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 has this duality. He's he's a bit like Batman. He's got Bruce Wayne and he's got Batman to deal with. Right. Okay. So Bruce Wayne maybe is the surgeon. Maybe we say Batman is the soldier. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they're reversible or in, or interchangeable. Um, he teaches this duality to Bridge Four. Right. He teaches it to the guard of the king now. Right. What if he starts dealing, or rather starts teaching this new personality that's emerging, right? Like, there is a third element to Kaladin that's forming. Oh, you're, it's are, not you talking, necessarily, are you referring to the wretch, which we thought we lost in the first book? Well, the wretch, the wretch is... Um, or you're talking about this new hateful and spiteful Kaladin that hates Amaram and... No, well, so those those aspects I consider to be, let's say, the failings of the human condition, like things that can arise no matter what you are, what circumstance you find yourself in. You can always be the wretch. You can be, you know, you can be rich and popular, and then you can still be the wretch. You right. can be poor and disadvantaged, and you can still be the wretch. Right. Doesn't matter your station. You can always, the wretch will find a way. Yeah. Now, what I'm talking about is this, is this third ability, this... Windrunner or whatever he is. This radiant? That's, emer- that's emerging, this radiant. Yeah. What if that gets taught eventually? Like, what mm. if he embraces that and then can then share that? You know, it, it's almost like Luke Skywalker. Let's see. Becoming a Jedi Master and then just teaching, the same... teaching new Padawans and... <laughs> Like, like you should have. Like mm-hmm. you should have. Yeah. Um, maybe, yeah. maybe well. Kaladin. Oh, I got it. Maybe <laughs> Kaladin will then stand over his nephew with a lightsaber and threaten to kill him. <laughs> He'll just go against all of his normal instincts. All of his Everything that yeah. he was as a character will just be fucked off because yeah. it subverts of. And you know what? This is a whole different. Subver- thing. Let's not. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we can't. Do yeah. It. <laughs> no, but I, I, I like this this idea. You're. He taught them how to be a soldier. He taught them how to be a medic. He, and you're thinking that he might. Yeah. Able to teach them to do what he does, like well, magically. Yeah. Huh. Well, maybe I don't know. That's I just really think cool. that I just think that he sh- so far of the character. One the, one of the greatest things I love about Kaladin is that he shares what he knows. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid, and he doesn't want to hold back. A lot of people they they pride themselves on secrets. I know more than you do about this, and I'm not going to share it. Right. I know, I know how to invest my money better than you, so I'm not going to share it because I don't want you being richer than me. Right. You know, Kaladin never holds back what he knows, his expertise. I know the best way to heal you. I'm going to teach you the best. He's definitely willing to share it for sure. He's definitely willing to share all of his knowledge to his, to his buddies. So that's freaking cool, man. That's really cool. We'll see. Well, I I don't know if it'll be anything in the, in the series, but, uh, but if it did get to the point where he was like teaching others to 
you know, absorb Stormlight, like to share this other journey that he's been on. I don't yeah. Know. We'll see. I don't know. Just a thought. Yeah, that's cool. Um, by the Almighty's 10th name. Okay, wait, hang on. We're not there yet. Stop, he says to Mo- Moas, they usher him in. Uh, Dalinar and Adeline are there. They're alive. Eth is tending to their wounds. Renarin is slumping in a chair. Oh, this is interesting. And I feel like this is a clue, but I put an asterisk here, but I may be barking up a thing here. I'm making a big deal out of one sentence. Renarin slumped into a what? chair near Sorry, the corner. Sorry, hold on. You make a big deal out of one sentence? <laughs> I I never what, known you to be I like do. that before. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do. Yeah. Uh, Renarin slumped in a chair near the corner, his shard blade discarded at his feet like a piece of refuse. Mm. I'm wondering if that right there is indicative of an aspect to Renarin. Just that he'll like, he'll eventually give up the sword because he's Mm -hmm. just, that's just not who he is kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that that too. Or that he, or that he eventually will view it as garbage. Right. That it's no good. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, Eth's attention. Uh, Dalinar stands up. Eth is attending and he says, by the Almighty's 10th name, Dalinar says, you're alive. 10th name? Yeah, well, it's 10 uh, heralds. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But do we have the 10th name? Um, I'm not sure exactly what that's referencing, to be honest. Um, the but there are, these, nap, there are a lot of these, there are a lot of these religious, mark, nice, um, nice. Uh, um, sayings that the Alethi have <laughs> that are mm. rooted in their Voronism and their culture. And, okay. you know, I don't necessarily know all of it. Like, I don't necessarily know what that's referring to, but we do know that there this... are 10 heralds. So, right. So, okay. Um, this could be a problem for Kaladin going forward. Adeline says, How? You fell. I was barely awake, but I know I saw you fall. Mm-hmm. And Kaladin's thinking inside, well, I'm a surge binder, you see, and I use Stormlight. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to say the words, but they wouldn't come out, not in front of Elokar and Adeline. That's really important, that, that little line I know, at the end. Not trusting Elokar and Adeline, but the next line as well, Sean, I'm a coward. Okay. He, he, he internalizes a little bit too, like... I, you're, you're right. I mean, it's interesting that he didn't want to say, he wouldn't say that in front of Elokar or Adeline. But he might in front of Dalinar and Renarin for some reason, because Renarin's and still Navani. in the room. And Navani. And Navani's in the room. There? But I think that we're supposed to understand here is that he'd be willing, right now, he'd be willing to explain himself to Dalinar, but. Right. But not Elokar and not Adeline. But yeah. I think that that's also an excuse, because you're right, he says, Storms, I'm a coward, because if he wasn't, he'd just say it. He'd just say it. And right. he feels bad about not being able to say it. Mm-hmm. Calvin says, I had a good grip on him. I don't know. We tumbled in the air and then, and when we hit, I wasn't dead. Yeah. The king nods and says, well, didn't you say he stuck you to the ceiling? It probably floated all the way down. Right. Which yeah. is a really good point Ad- from the king, actually. Yeah. 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 Adeline says, I suppose. King says, after you landed, did you kill him? Calvin says, no. He ran off though. I think he was surprised we fought back as capably as we did. Capably? Adeline asks. We were like three children attacking a chasm fiend with sticks. Yeah. Stormfather, I've never been routed so soundly in my life. Yeah. At least we were alerted, the king says. This bridgeman, he makes a good bodyguard. You will be commended, young man. I hate that he calls him bridgeman, Elokar. Yeah. So like Adeline, he shares that with Adeline, I suppose. Yeah. 
it's you know, still debasing. It's like boy. it's like when Shalon is like um, um, trade master to Vlakov, slaver to Vlakov. Put, put him in you know, his place. Still putting them in his place, Rem- even though he's been elevated yeah. to captain of the royal guard. <laughs> right. You know, he's still only a bridgeman. Like fuck you yeah. guys, bridge These boy. fucking light eyes, man. You know. Yeah. I'd just be if I was Kaladin. I'd wear my T-shirt the next morning every day. Like uh, light eyes suck, suck. Uh. Yeah, they have light eyes privilege. They just got to get over their fucking light eyes privilege. Light eyes. You know yeah, what exactly. I mean? Just like give a dark eyes a chance for fuck's sakes. Yeah, give a dark eyes a chance. I love it. Yeah. Um, how did you know uh, Dalinar says? Kaladin meets his eyes, and behind them, Adeline glanced over. He looked down at Kaladin's at Kaladin's arm. Yeah. That one saw something, Kaladin thinks. Yeah, dude, Adeline is not. Adeline is not fucking stupid, it. dude. He might no like way. fucking frilly coats and like fucking <laughs> wine houses and cheese, but our boy Adeline is a fucking smart as a whip, dude. He, this guy is fucking smart. As if he didn't have enough trouble with Adeline already. Yeah. Kaladin says, "I saw light moving in the air outside. I moved by instinct. Nearby, Sill zips in the room and." appears to be frowning, but it wasn't a lie. He had seen a light in in the night. It was hers. So Sill is, I like how Sill's just kind of present to be like, are you doing that lion shit again? Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love it. Yeah. Um, Dalinar's like, all those years ago, I dismissed the stories the witnesses told of my brother's assassination. Men walking on walls, others falling upward instead of down. Almighty above, what is he? Kaladin just says one word. Death. Yeah. Navani says, why has he come back now after all these years? He wants to claim me, Alucard says. With a cup in his hand, he downs the contents and fills it up from a jug nearby. Deep, violent wine. Alucard is getting drunk. Yeah. High Prince, um, the High Prince had heard this Zeth had not come for the king, but for Dalinar. Dalinar didn't say anything to correct the king, and so Kaladin didn't either. Yeah, it's kind of tactically, I think, right? It makes kind of sense. Well, for, for now, Kaladin has securely allied himself with Dalinar. Yeah. The, the minute that Dalinar breaks or shatters in any way, that's going to be an impactful moment. Right. Um, if, if, should that occur. Right. That's, that's going to be, that'll shake this character, I think, to the core. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, Kaladin meets his eyes. So Adeline says, what like, do what we do we do if he comes back? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? I love Dalinar's response here. Yeah. I don't know. He's you not know be- what I love most about Dalinar in this, just this little moment? He is speaking the truth. Yeah. I don't know is a perfect answer. And to be honest with you, I find that we don't use it often enough. Yeah. A lot of people fucking pretend to know the answer when they right. don't, or they make when up they an answer don't. in the moment or whatever. Right. Yeah. It's okay to don't. not know. It's okay to ask for yes. help. It's okay to care. It's okay to, for all that yes. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I love about Dalinar right there. I love it. Me too. I like it a lot. It's great. Tend his wounds, Kaladin's thinking. It was the voice of his father in him, whispering, the surgeon, uh, stitch that cheek, reset the nose. But he had more important things to do. Kaladin forced himself to his feet. Why are the hallways silent? He asked Moash. Do you know where the servants are? The High Prince, Moash says. Bright Lord Dalinar sent a couple of the men to the servants' quarters to move everyone out. 
he thought that if the assassin came back, he might be might start killing indiscriminately. Figured the more people that were out of the palace, the fewer casualties there would be. Hmm. Kaladin says, hold here, I need to do something. Okay, so let's change Adeline. our POV. Hold on a second here. Um, Is there POV? Oh, yeah, it's POV, yeah. Yeah, so uh, um, this, this little paragraph here where Moash explains that Dalinar sent everyone out to save lives is the exact mm-hmm. opposite of what the King of Yakaved did. The King of Yakaved knew that Zeth was coming for him. Remember he had advanced knowledge oh, and he yeah, literally he filled his fucking that's chamber right. with thou- yeah. like with like tens and tens of people. And then that's when a uh, fucking and, Zeth was like, you fucking Zeth- idiot. All these people are going to die now. I have to kill all these fucking people. Because you wanted to throw an ambush at me. If it was just you, I'd kill just you. But now you've you've killed all these people, not me. You've involved everyone else. Yeah, yeah. and Dalinar does the exact opposite. He's like, let's save as right. many people as possible, get everybody out, empty the palace, which is fucking wow. cool, man. It shows that a huge really difference there, eh? Huge difference between those two brothers. Yeah. Well, the, the, between those two rulers. Or sorry, the, the, those two rulers. Yeah. 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 yeah, that's crazy. That's dude. you just stumbled on the big secret of the story. The guy Yakaved and Dalinar were brothers. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> God. Okay, so so PO view change. Yeah, we're back to Adeline slumping in his seat as the bridge boy left. Mm-hmm. Kaladin <laughs> gives boy. no explanation. Kaladin gives no explanation for leaving. Of course he he didn't, and he didn't ask for permission to withdraw. The storming man seems to consider himself above the light eyes. No. This storming man seems to consider himself above the king. But he did fight alongside of you, yeah. part of him says. How many men would have stood their ground against a shard bear? Yeah. Troubled, Adeline was staring up at the ceiling. This made me stare up at the ceiling when I was reading Did you this, really? By the way. <laughs> so I was like... Because I, I, and I, and I started to have a moment. I was, I was reading this and I thought, hang on a second. We, we get used to where things are. Right. We get used to the idea that I walk on the ground. Right. You know, not that I can be lashed to the wall right. or up on the ceiling. So whenever I was reading Adeline was troubled looking up at the ceiling, it gives you a new perspective on how to view the ceiling. Like I was literally stuck up there. Yeah, I was stuck up there earlier. Yeah. He's looking up there and like, I fell from there. Somebody had me pinned up there. Yeah. It just, it's changed his whole worldview. And really it's changed the way I look at like my surroundings. Like, I mean, it seems nonsensical to imagine yourself running along the wall in right. Prince of Persia or yeah. like, or how a Jedi Knight can do or, you yeah. know, but, or like these shard bearers are doing or surge binders or wind runners or whatever else we're about to d- discover, but it changes the way you see the world. Perspective. I just love that. Right. Aladdin's yeah, perspective really, really has cool. been changed here because he's like, uh, there, there should be no way a person can walk on the ceiling, but... Now down is up and up is down. Who the fuck knows what to think now? Right, right. So he says, surely the assassin hadn't actually cut Kaladin through the arm. The arm seemed perfectly fine after all. But why was the sleeve missing? He noticed the sleeve because Kaladin had taken it off earlier with Sil. Right, well, it got cut straight through, right? Because it goes, it cuts through inorganic, but passes through organic. So it goes literally right, right, passes through his arm. And then right. the sleeve would have fallen off eventually, right. right? Yeah. He fought and looked like he was wounded, but it turns out he wasn't. Could this all be part of some ruse? 
stop it, Adeline says. You'll get as paranoid as Elokar. Right. I like that, that he still maintains that Elokar is a little bit out to lunch. That's mm-hmm. good. Um, Elokar walks into his bedroom uh, where there would be more, sorry, Elokar walked toward his bedroom where there would be more waiting for him and pulled open the door. Navani gasps. The backside of the wooden door had been scratched with a knife, jagged lines forming a series of glyphs. Adeline stands up. Several of those numbers weren't, uh, several of those were numbers, weren't they? It says, 38 days, Renarin says, the end of all nations. Hmm. So while all this was happening, a fucking scratch has happened again. You know, right. you know, Kaladin's gonna be pissed about this, right? Because he's like, "Fucking scratches, man!" Like they keep getting past me, and someone <laughs> keeps scratching on those fucking right? walls and doors. Yeah. And while the big fucking attack happens, this happens too. Like, fuck this. Um, I have something. We have to. We have to dub this guy the scratcher. The, scr- the scratcher. He's the scratcher. I'm a professional scratcher. Have you Have you ever watched a uh, uh, Community? Uh, I've seen very little of it. Have you ever seen the episodes sh- where there's someone going around sc- the school putting quarters in people's butt cracks when they bend over? It's called the <laughs> ass crack bandit. No. It's fucking awesome. No. It's quarters great. into your bum Yeah, the whole, the, throughout the whole thing, there's like, there's one specific episode about it and then they get back to it again later no in way. later seasons. But someone's going around, whenever someone bends over and their ass crack is showing, they stick a quarter in there and they're called the ass crack like bandit. A, like an arcade like, machine? Yeah, like, like a video game, like an arcade <laughs> slot. And, and uh, it's never resolved who was the ass crack bandit. So now it's like. You know, if you watch the show, <laughs> yes. you'll be able to figure it out because clues are there kind of thing. It's this ongoing I mystery about the show. I have not seen the show. It, it's really I, funny. I started it and it, I started season one. I was like, meh, meh. It's had some beats and yeah. some comedy, but I, then I just went, meh. I wasn't like blown away. It wasn't Faulty Towers. Uh, season yeah. one, it's not Faulty Towers funny. Who are well, you, my grandmother? On. The Holy like, Grail. The Holy Grail. It's not, Holy uh, Grail, it's on. not Black Adder, but, uh, you know, it's pretty Listen, funny, I guess. No, no, the Holy Grail yeah. is the, the, the standard know, for comedy TV it show is, is Faulty Towers. It is. Try to beat it. Um, okay. so, um, before we move on from this POV, I just want to read you something. Okay. I want to read okay. you. I took a note here. I want to read you from chapter Ooh, 16. Before we read this uh, next POV, we got to do something. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. uh, before, uh, we move on, I want to read you this, this is from the chapter 16. Um, this is a, um, this is an interaction between Adeline and Kaladin earlier in the book. Okay. Uh, I owe you my, a words of radiance. This is a words of radiance chapter that we had already covered. It's on the, at the sparring grounds between Adeline and Kaladin. Yeah. I remember that. And uh, Adeline says, I owe you my life. That's the only reason I haven't thrown you through a window. But right. my patience with you won't extend as far as my father's little bridgeman. There's something off about you. Something I can't right. put my finger on. I'm watching you remember your place. Right. So this, I remember that. this is just Adeline's suspicions about Kaladin stretch farther back than this fight with Zeth. He, oh, yeah. He's like, there's something off about you. And I really right. wanted to highlight that line because right. now th- those suspicions are growing in, in Adeline. And he's like, listen, the fucking dude survived a hundred foot drop. And I'm pretty sure his arm got cut by a shard blade. There's something fucking up. And it's healed. Yeah. And now it's healed. You yeah. know what? You know what? Now we have a common, um, some common ground between Adeline and Zeth because Zeth was also just as confused. <laughs> Zeth's like, there's something, what are there's you? something. 
He's like, well, there's something off about you. Yeah. Did I lash you? Yeah. Yeah, Okay. So next POV. Um, So Kaladin moves. um, uh, He goes back to to the scene of the uh, attack. To where Beld's Beld's corpse uh, lays. Yeah. And Kaladin kneels down, rolls the body over. The eyes were burned out. And he glances at the tattoos of freedom. Yeah. That were on the body. The tattoos that Kaladin had designed. Kaladin closed his own eyes, and he thinks to himself, I failed you. He'd survive damnation itself, only to fall here, to an assassin with powers he should not have. Kaladin groans. Syl's voice uh, comes up, and and she says, he died protecting. And Kaladin says, I should have been able to keep him alive. Why didn't I just let let them go free? Why did I bring them to this duty? And more death. Well, someone has to fight. Someone has to protect. I like that. I like that from Cell. Me too. They've done enough, Kaladin says. They've bled their share. I should banish them all. Dalinar can find different bodyguards. Syl says, they made the choice. You can't take that from them. I love that too, man. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't take. You that. can't take like it away from them. You can't take, take the choice to have. Can't take di- their choice. Yeah. yeah, you can't take away their choice to die for a, a cause, for to die to protect people. I just fucking love that so much. It's it's killer. You have to learn when to care, son. He hears his father's voice say, and when to let go. You'll grow calluses. So he never had Stormim. He never had. It's why he'd never. Made a good surgeon. He couldn't lose patience. Yeah. And, and I am going to speak a little bit about this. Okay. So I have a problem with callousing. Okay. Literally in real life. Like I don't callous. Right. Like you like have a problem with it. it, like you don't believe in it or you just can't. No. I mean, I don't callous. Like literally. So even back in band days and playing the bass and stuff, you didn't callous? Little, I would tear up my hands. Really? Yeah. So my, I mean, I, I got a little bit of, little bit of callous. Son. Dude, you've been playing, you were playing, you played the bass for like tw- ever 20 years almost. I, you know, I would get a little bit of callous on my fourth finger. Okay. But that's it. That's it. Just a little bit. And then, and then it would eventually heal and fall off the bottoms of my feet. What it, it like, they just, there's no, ca- I don't callous. I don't You have callous. dainty feet? Oh my God. <laughs> I have no cal. I don't callous. I never do. It's weird. So, so whenever I was reading this, I'm like, hang on. But then I extended it to how he says he hated, what does he say? Uh, did I just lose the page? No. It's why he'd never made a good surgeon. He couldn't lose patience. I have a similar problem with losing characters. In, in these stories, and in D and D, yeah, you're you're infamously so you're have, you're the kind of DM that will find any fucking loophole to save a character. You're willing, <laughs> you're very easily killing characters, but then also trying to save them at the same time. It's we, yeah, yeah, I know because I can't lose anyone. So I re- this mo- this resonated so much with me cool, on dude. like both the, both the physiological perspective yeah. and in the, in a in a in a you know like the way I see life and how I get so like oh I don't want I don't want Yasna to be gone yeah. like I just I feel it so I feel it so much and then of course in in story and whatever when when I was first introduced to D&D in the in the I think it's in the red box in the first game this female elf ranger dies right. and and we talked about this we right? talked about this before yeah yeah, and and she dies, and I couldn't let go of her. It hurt me so bad yeah. that 
in every D and D adventure I had had since, I would try to fit in. Yeah, an that elf ranger. Yeah. you to always bring did. Her back. I've played several campaigns back. with you, and if no one's playing a ranger in the group, you insert a female elf ranger as our pseudo yeah. NPC every time. Yeah, or a character that's similar because then yeah. she lives again. Yeah. Right, that's pretty right. cute, man. It's it's very cute. Well, it's cute, but I identify with this Kaladin character. Like, it's, you know, he can't, Kalos, I can't let anyone go. Takes a deep breath. He says, I think he's commenting about Zeth here. He says, he can do things that I can't. Yeah. This assassin, is it, is it because I have more words to speak? Words capitalized. There are more, Sil says, but you're not ready for them yet, I don't think. Regardless, I think you could already do what he does with practice. But how is he surge binding? You said that the assassin had no spren. No honor spren would give that creature the means to slaughter as he does. Perspectives can be different among humans, Calvin hmm. says. <laughs> yes, please. What if the honor spren thought this assassin was doing the right thing? You gave me the means to slaughter Parshendi. Yeah, but to protect. Yeah, but in their eyes, the Parshendi are protecting their kind. To them, I'm the aggressor. Syl sits down after this. Yeah. Wrapping her arms around her knees. Kaladin's given her something to think about. She yeah. says, I don't know. Maybe. But no other honor spren are doing what I do. I am the only one who disobeyed. But his shard blade, what of it? Kaladin says. His shard blade was very different. It looked ordinary to me. Well, as ordinary as a shard blade can. It was different, she repeats. I feel I should know why. Something about the amount of light he was consuming. You want to pause here? Yeah, let's talk about this here. Because <laughs> there's a couple there's of a things there. here. She says, um, I'm the only, there are no honor spren doing honor what spren. I do. I'm what the do. only one who disobeyed. Disobeyed whom? Exactly. Disobeyed whom? The, al the Almighty? Or is it, um, oh, what's the name? Odium. But Odium. she, she's the only honor spren doing this right now. Right. Which is, you know, significant. Um, I also like here, <laughs> but his shard blade. Right. As if the shard blade is the, the issue. Cause she's like, cause Cal's like, we, you know, Zeth and him can do pretty much the same things, or at least Zeth is like a fully realized version of what Cal can do. And then it she's was, saying there's no other honor, honor spren that will grant him power, but his shard blade. And then he's like, what is it? What have, what of it? And he's like, it's, it's it was absorbing different. too much light. It's consuming too much light. Yeah. She's like, I, I should know why it's different but it has something to do with the amount of light he was consuming. So it's, like, it's like a void, a void blade, like a black hole absorbing light, maybe like destroying it. I, you, my friend have what? heard a term what? in the past mm -hmm. book in two parts that I feel like I should remind you of, but I don't know if I should, because I don't want to give you the information. I'll, okay. I'll leave it for now. Okay. Yeah. Leave it for now. Because like, I don't yeah. want to force it because the answer might come sure. in the rest of this book. So. 
Well, let's let's put it this way: when you got to, when you were reading this for the first time, when you got to this point, did you connect all the dots? No. No. Okay. Right. So there you go. So I probably shouldn't either. But I'm a dumbass. <laughs> it took me like I'm literally. This is like my seventh read or whatever, and I'm still I still don't know. Some people on Discord are like, "You don't know what this means," and I'm like, "Fuck, dude, I have no idea." Like I'm just a dumbass guy who was like, "Let's do a pod." So like, you know what I mean? I'm not one of these like super uh, uh, researched Stormlight dudes. Of, of course we are. No, we're, we're we not. are. We are Veristatilians. We are. We are hardcore into this. Are you kidding? Once I catch up, I'm going hardcore. You're going- and deep diving again. He's going just gonna start his own pod. Everywhere I go downtown, give me your boots. <laughs> I just want boots. Complete strangers. I'm gonna collect mountains of boots. So Axie's the boot collector. That's what he's gonna be. Yeah, Axie's the boot collector. Okay. Um, it was different. Yeah, I, I, I think this that's that's a really really cool thing. Yeah, that it's different, and it could be a source of the problem. Hmm. That's that's interesting. That's really interesting. I mean, Adeline, like, was talking to his blade. Do the blades become things? Like, have personalities? Like, I don't know. That's interesting, because Adeline was speaking to his... That's true. Wasn't he? he well, he did. It says, like, his... It was Before his own the, personal uh, ritual, right? Yeah, but still. I mean, it was... I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Um... Kaladin rose and then walked down the uh, corridor, holding up his lamp. It bore sapphires turning the walls blue. I love that. Mm -hmm. The assassin had cut that hole with his blade and entered the corridor and killed Beld, but Kaladin had sent two men on ahead. Yes, there was another body, Hauber. One of the first men Kaladin had saved in Bridge 4. Kaladin kneels beside the corpse, rolls it over, and finds it weeping. I'm, I'm sorry, Hobber says. I'm sorry, Kaladin. Hobber, you're alive. Hobber's legs were darkened and gray. They were dead, as Kaladin's arm had been. I didn't even see him, Hobber says. He cut me down and then stabbed Beld straight through and I listened to you fighting. I thought you all had died. It's all right, Kaladin says. You're all right. I can't feel my legs, Hobber says. They're gone. I'm no soldier anymore, sir. I'm useless now. I No, no, you're still Bridge Four. You're always Bridge Four. We'll just have Rock teach you how to cook. How are you with stew? I'm awful, sir. I can burn broth. Then you'll fit right in with most military cooks. I I contemplated briefly that 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 would be a fun title. Is I can burn broth, but hmm. then I left it. I um I have a really big note here that I wrote after um <laughs> you're still what? bridge four. Yes, you're always bridge, bridge four. four. I wrote, yeah. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. I, I like, I, it's very touching. Every time I get to this part, yeah. you know, yeah, he, it's he's really, like, I'm it's useless. Great. Like, I'm, yeah, useless. I'm useless. I'm so sorry. I'm useless. He's like, you'll always be bitch. bitch, bitch. <laughs> I almost said you'll always four. be bitch four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll always be, you'll bitch, always four. be yeah. bridge four. I just love it. Yeah. It's just awesome. It's perfect. I can burn broth, then you'll fit right in with other military cooks. Come on, let's get you back to the others. And I love this part here where Kaladin tries to pick him up. He can't. And then he, he sucks in the light from one it's of the spheres. Right. Yeah. And then he and then he's able to have, find the strength to pick him up. It's just, it's fucking cool, man. It's so he great. He says, it's, it's, all, it's all right, sir, Hobber says. No, it's not. He heaved again, lifting Hobber and carried him back towards the others. Yeah. 
we got to remember here that Hobber is the first person he saved. Hobber, mm-hmm. saving Hobber that. is the thing that got them started. Rock right. went and found supplies for him to be able to make a fire. One of the guys started making a fire, all this stuff. Like right. the crew started to become a, like something when trying to save Hobber. So it, this character I having survived that- is kind of, you know, nice, you know? It's really, it's, I think it's more than nice. I think it helped Kaladin out of a dark place when dealing with, uh, Beld. Yeah. I failed you. He died protecting, like, Sil has to, Sil has to bring, you know, him away from the wretch. But I think Hobber here. Yeah. This is what did it. It's cool. This staved off the wretch. So, um, highlight for the chapter. Oh gosh. I don't know. Jeez. I got a couple of things I wrote down if you want me to. Oh, did you? Yeah, go ahead. So, you, 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 so there's you, a part you here where he, uh, where Cal says, um, where is it here? Um, this man had a level of experience with his powers that made Kaladin look like a new recruit. I wrote that right. down because, um, Dalinar has been saying he wants to make all the high princes and everyone in the war camps feel like new recruits. We have to treat them like new recruits. And now Kaladin, right. who is, you know, Kaladin Stormblast. He's the you know the, the one of the the captain now. He's the head of Bridge Four. Is now feeling like a new recruit. So it's really mm-hmm. kind of poetic. Um, obviously, you're still Bridge Four. You're always Bridge Four is a really great uh, highlight for me. And then I also really like Adeline's suspicions because I just I like it when characters start figuring mm. stuff out, even if it's something that we know and they don't. I still love seeing characters put things together. I just it's really neat. I, I think for me, the highlight is I'm going to select the moment where Adeline is staring up at the ceiling and all the inferences that I personally made from that. Yeah, it's neat. Um, and I think that that may have been my alternate title for this, uh, for this, uh, chapter burdens. It might've, I might've called it ceilings Yeah. or the ceiling. Um, it's cool. Yeah. It's a great chapter. It's killer. But the next chapter. <laughs> is gets even better. All right. So chapter 34 Blossoms and Cake. Mhm. I um weird title. Um <laughs> I we figured it out. We uh Did you figure it out? Yeah, I uh, I put it out to the Discord group um hmm. just right before we started recording. Um and I got a response from Jasper in the uh, the UK and um, Jasper, uh, Santa Cruz is actually the one who pointed me in the right direction. So, uh, thank oh. you very much, Joel. Joel Mr. is the, Cruz um, is the voice the that you would have heard in the finale of the last season. He was the mm-hmm. one who collected, uh, theories and predictions, but blossom and cake is in reference to this passage fr- and I found it while we were recording this passage okay. in chapter 30, nature blushing. Um, tin is telling Shalon that she's going to have to toughen up in her life. Right. And and then Shalon says, I think you'll find that my life hasn't been one of nonstop blossoms and cake. And cake. Right. So she proves to her in this chapter that she is able to do the hard thing, the difficult things, as Tin says later on in the chapter. So it's great that it's another one of those in the top rooms where the reference for the chapter comes from something earlier in the book. Comes from something earlier. Yeah. Yeah, It's really cool. Well, it starts with another stanza, and this one is equally as cryptic. It's really cool. Our gods were born splinters of a soul of one who seeks to take control. 
destroys all lands that he beholds with spite. They are his spren, his gift, his price, but the night forms speak of future life, of a challenged champion, a strife even he must requite. What do you think? I don't know. It's kind of a little bit the like gods. one of the theories that you've had recently. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, our gods were born splinters of a soul. Of a soul, yeah. One so, who yeah. seeks to take control, destroys all lands with spite. They are his spren, his gift, his price, but the night forms speak of a future life. Yeah, it's cool. That's interesting. The night forms speak of a future life and this challenged champion. A strife even he must requite. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Song of Secrets. Yeah, so this the uh, these uh, yeah the song of secrets secrets final stanza. Okay, um, getting into this, High Prince Valum might be dead. Brightness tin, the span read writes. Yeah, our our informants are uncertain. He was never in the best of health, and now here are rumors that his illness finally overcame him. His forces are gearing up to seize v- v- uh, v- Vidnar. However. So if he's dead, his bastard son is likely pretending he is not. So this is a span read that's coming in uh, to Shalon and to Tin. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the the like uh, report the contact that, that Shalon wa- didn't want to miss. Right. Um, or in the last chapter, she wanted to be here for this. They'd set up a regular camp already for the high storm, and Shalon was joining Tin in her magnificent tent. What would it mean for her family if the High Prince was dead? Shalon is thinking. And what of the ghost? And what of the ghost bloods? With 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 the result of him being dead, would there be this secession war? And yeah, if, and if and if there was this secession war, would the ghost bloods be demanding their soul caster even more? Right. A lot because of uh, a lot of factors to consider with this right. whole secession war. One of the things I want to pause on here for a second is Shalon yeah, uh, thinks Shalon wished she'd worn her oversized boots instead of slippers. This is yeah. a, this is a little <laughs> bit of a dig at Kaladin here. She, yeah. <laughs> her oversized boots, they don't even fucking fit her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just like it. It's just a reminder of. It's probably one of the first things she'll say to Kaladin if, her, if him and her ever like hook up in any kind of meaningful way. Yeah. Is your feet, your feet are too big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this part here with the ghost bloods is. Um... Well, what's interesting, I, I like after all, so this entire paragraph where she's thinking about the family debts and what it's going to mean mm-hmm. with uh, this high prince being dead, you know, and result of the ghost bloods and the soul caster. And then she thinks she needed more information. Yeah. So then she's, she's listening to the span read continue, listing the names of those who were making a play for the throne of Yaakovet. And then Tin asks, do you know any of these people personally? What's happening might offer us some opportunities. Shalon says, I wasn't important enough for those types. She's completely lying. But it was true though. In, in a way. Because she she literally stayed in her estate. She didn't know any of these people. Yeah, that's Maybe true. her father it did, her father, but she didn't personally right. know any of them. We might want to make our way to Yakoved, regardless, Tin says. You know the culture, the people, and that'll be useful. Yes, but it's a war zone. War means desperation. And desperation is our mother's milk, kid. Yeah. Once once we follow your lead at the shatters at the shattered plains. Maybe maybe pick up another member of uh, or two for our team. 
you probably will want to go visit your homeland. Yeah, Tin's looking far in the uh, in the future here. She's like, she's going. I know. We'll go right? over, do this whole fucking betr- fake betrothal thing, get yeah. scammed Alinar Colin out of some money, and then we'll fucking head yeah. over to Yakoved where you yeah. have connections, and we'll fucking Dude, make money over there. Yeah, Maybe it's we'll, Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. She, she's putting together the uh, the dream team. Yeah, she's like, are you in? <laughs> are you in? Yeah, I need a grease man. Yeah. Um, Shalon felt an immediate stab of guilt. From what Tin had said in the stories that she'd told, it become clear that she often chose to have someone like Shalon under her wing, an acolyte, someone to nurture. Shalon suspected that was at least partly because Tin liked having someone around to impress. Her life must be so lonely, Shalon thinks, always moving, taking, always taking whatever she can get, but yeah. never giving, except once in a while, to a young thief she can foster interesting yeah it's interesting right this ob- because in the after because once we know what we know about tin mm-hmm. is this is this statement true well we don't really know because we don't know if we don't tin really has, know, yeah we don't really know right span reed continues to come in i have checked with our informants at the shattered plains the ones you asked at, the ones you asked after are indeed wanted men most are former members of the army of High Prince Sadius, so he's not forgiving of deserters. So this is speaking of, of Vatham and Gaz and the others that yeah. have been, you know, rescued. And Shalon has personally promised, given her word, um, to help out and forgive yeah. when she gets back to the Shattered Plains. And here the span read is saying, well, they're members of High Prince Sadius and they're considered deserters. Shalon says, well, what's this? I implied uh, earlier we'd have to discuss this, Tin says. As I keep explaining, the life we lead requires doing some harsh things. The leader, whom you call Vatha, this is the span, yeah. is worth a bounty of four emerald bromes. Dude. The, re- the rest are worth two bromes each. Whoa. That's Shalons a lot, like, man. Boun- bounty? Oh, yeah, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot of, that's a, that's a lot of bromes. That's a lot of bromes. Um, <laughs> I have promises to keep to these men. Hush, Tin says. We're not alone in this camp, fool child. If you want us dead, all you need to do is let them overhear this conversation. We're not turning them in for money, Shalon says. Tin, I gave my word. Your word? Tin says laughing. Kid, what do you think we are? Your word? Shalon blushes. It's this funny. is really, I, I, I really like this, uh, this little bit here. This is playing really with those highlights. levels, right? Again, like yeah. Tin thinks that the two of them are on the same page. Shalon knows that they're not. But right. from Tin's perspective, yeah, perspective again, this is a very mm-hmm. valid point from her. Like, listen, mm-hmm. when we get to the Shattered Plains, what are you going to do? You're going to have a fucking entourage? Your word? Like, listen, if we can, <laughs> even if we just fucking hand over Vatha, Red, and Gaz, that's... Yeah. That's eight emerald bl- bromes. Right. That's a huge chunk, yeah. of, chunk, of, chunk of bromes. Tin, Shalon says, Vatha and his men can be useful. Tin shakes her head, walks over to the side of the tent and pours a cup of wine. Yeah. You should be proud of what you did here. You barely had any experience, yet you took over three separate groups, convincing them to put you, practically spheres and completely without authority, in charge. It was brilliant. But here's the thing. The lies we tell? The dreams we create, they're not real. We can't let them be real. This might be the hardest lesson that you're going to have to learn. She turns to Shalon and says, When a good con woman dies, it's usually because she starts believing her own lies. She finds something good and 
wants it to continue. She keeps it going, thinking she can juggle it. One day more, she tells herself, one day more. And then, Tin drops the cup. It hits the ground, the wine splashing blood red across the tent floor, and on Tin's rug. Red carpet, once it was white. So, a couple things here. Fucking love this little speech by <laughs> I know, Tim. isn't it killer? It's fucking awesome. It's um, killer. It's really, really relevant. It's really, really great. Um, also, Red Carpet Once White is the chapter title for the chapter where um, Shalon's dad is picking her up as a child and walking her out of that room where there was a white carpet and now it's red. So right. there's a little bit of callback there to violence. And yep. we know that violence is coming in this chapter, so it's very apropos. Your rug, Shalon says, feeling numb. You think I can afford to haul a rug with me when I leave the Shattered Plains, Tin says? Mm -hmm. You think we can take any of this? It's meaningless. You've lied to these men. You've built yourself up, and tomorrow when we enter that war camp, the truth will hit you like a slap in the face. You think you can actually get clemency for these men? From a man like High Prince Sadius? Don't be an idiot. Even if you get the con going with Dalinar, you want to spend what little credibility we can take or we can fake in order to free murderers from Dalinar's political enemies? How long did you think you could keep this lie going? Shalon sits back. <laughs> the lie the, that is actually a truth, which is fucking brilliant. And yeah. we know that Pattern. Because Tin's. Because Tin just doesn't. <laughs> pattern loves yeah, it. Yeah, because it's a lie and a truth at the same time, right? Right. It's the truth, yeah, but she's lying out. to Tin about it. Yeah, she's he's buzzing out. He's buzzing out. He's, he's like, oh he's, he's in the corner buzzing one out right now. He's just like, Jalan, truth and lies. Yeah, it's awesome. So yummy. He's just gobbling him up. He's like the cookie monster of lies and truths. Truth lies everywhere. He's going to run a train on those chicken fingers. Yeah. Just like, mm -hmm. Okay, so she knew she knew what Tin was. In truth, Vatha and his men probably did deserve the punishments. But that didn't mean Shalon was going to betray them. She told them they could change. She'd given her word. Lies. What would Tin do when Shalon proved to actually be the woman betrothed to Dalinar Colin's son? Yeah. How long did you think you could keep this lie going? Here now, Tin says, smiling broadly. That's some good news. Here it is, bro. Shalon herself um, shakes out of her ruminations, glancing at the span read coming in, continuing to come in. In regards to your mission in Amidladen, it read... Our benefactors have written to say that they are pleased. They do want to know if you've recovered the information, but I think this is a secondary to them. They let slip that they've found the information they need elsewhere, something about a city they've been researching. Mm. For your part, there is no news of the target surviving. It seems that your worry about the mission's failure is unfounded. Whatever happened aboard the ship, it worked to our favor. The wind's pleasure is reported lost with all hands... Yasna Colon is dead. Yasna Colon's dead. Shalon's jaw drops. Maybe those idiots did manage to complete the job, Tin says, satisfied. It looks like I'll be paid after all. Okay, here. Tell me. Tell me how you felt when you read this. Well, it was crazy. 
<laughs> so I knew that something was coming with tin. You had a feeling. I knew this. I, I had a feeling. Right. I had a feeling that, you know, the spies, the lies, there was something about tin that wasn't revealed yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I'm. this was a perfect way for me to both be suspicious about a character and then get a reveal. What I really didn't expect, though, is the finality of this confrontation between these two characters i didn't expect that but you but you didn't have any inkling that she was some way involved in uh the wind's pleasure attack or yasna's death or anything like that no right nothing like that at all no i had no clues to to that so was it shocking to you when you were like holy fuck it was it was it was brilliant to connect tin to something that deeply hurts shallan right shallan feels Yasna's death like and will feel it probably for the rest of her life Mm -hmm. like to connect tin to that i think was a smart way to construct this right i think it was really really great it's also Um, neat that and like and it was what i love it is that what's interesting about this the setup is that coming in through the span read right it's such a a neat way to receive the information for both these characters. Mm-hmm. One who is taking it like, oh, well, that's good. I'll, at and least the other I'll one's like, oh my God. Shallan. Right. So one woman is saying to the other woman, you know, I'm, I'm going I'm to get paid. So it looks like this, this other job is fine. Mm-hmm. And the other woman's like, you, you just killed my, you killed my, you killed my master. Right. Prepare you killed to my die. teacher. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it, I just, it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it was a, del- a delightful moment. Um, your mission in Ahmed Laden, Shalon whispers, it was to assassinate Yasna Kolan. Run the operation, at least, Tin says. Would have gotten, would have gone myself, but I can't stand ships. Those churning seas turned my stomach inside out. Shalon couldn't speak. Tin was an assassin. Tin had been behind the hit on Yasna Kolan. The span read was still writing. Some interesting news. You asked after House Devar and Yakovit. It looks like Yasna, before leaving Carbrent, took a new ward. Shalon reaches for the span read, but Tin catches her hand. Yeah. The woman's eyes widening. Because she knows the jig is the, up. Shalon's like, fuck. As the read spoke a, f- <laughs> a few last sentences. A girl named Shalon, red hair, pale skin. Nobody knows much about her. Didn't seem important news to our informants until I pried. Shalon looked up as Tin did, meeting the woman's eyes. Ah, damnation, Tin says. Shalon tried to pull free, but instead she found herself being hauled off the chair, slamming to the ground, face first. Tin's boot followed to Shalon's back, knocking the air from her. Throwing a shock through her body, Shalon's vision fuzzed and she was gasping for air. Damnation, damnation, Tin is saying. You're Colin's ward. Where's Yasna? Did she live? Help! Shalon is croaking, <laughs> yeah. barely able to speak. Tin knelt on her back, pressing all the air out of her lungs again. I had my men clear the area around this tent. I was worried about you alerting the deserters. Um, about that we would turn uh, that that we would turn them in. Stormfather. Yeah. She kneels down again. Tin grabs her on the shoulder and squeezes hard and says, "Did Yasna live?" No. Shalon whispers, tears of pain coming out of her eyes. And then, the ship, you may have noticed Yasna's voice. I know, this This blew my mind. Fuck, dude. dude. The ship, you may have noticed, has two very fine cabins, which I hired out for us at no small expense in Yasna's voice. Yeah, it's dude. Pattern. Fucking pattern for the win here. Yes. Tin, tin cursed, 
leaping up and spinning to see who had, spo- who had spoken. And it was, of course, Pattern. Dude. Yeah. That was, cra- that was crazy. That's cool. It Remember, was really cool. This is like, this is the, in keeping with this whole um, Yasna's still with us thing. Right? Yeah. We, like Shalon. This is like almost like, you know, how when people die and mm-hmm. if they have a recording on their phone of their mm-hmm. voice having left a message, they go back to that message and they listen to it. And, mm-hmm. and this is the, like pattern could Provides. be that, hey, say that thing that Yasna said to me again. I want to yeah. hear her voice again, you know? <laughs> In like some kind of creepy but comforting way, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's no, Pattern's it's great. fucking I love awesome. It. Pattern is I fucking useful, dude. He's so useful. It's great. Tin catches her leg, yanking her backward. I can't escape, Shalon thinks. Panic was surging within her. I like the use of the word surge there. Yeah. Panic was surging within Shalon, bringing with it memories of days spent completely impotent. Her father's increasingly destructive violence and a family falling apart, powerless. Can't run, can't run, can't run. Well, then fight. Yeah. Shalon pulls her leg free of tin and spins, launching herself at the woman. And she's, it's, I, love, I love how it says here in the text, she would not be powerless again. She would not. It's like she fucking snaps, dude. Dude. It's like all the great. trauma from her life. Mm-hmm. from her home life fucking comes bubbling yeah. up and she reacts like a fucking animal clawing she's a frantic yeah. mess it's mess, so awesome yeah. and like how it says it wasn't effective no. <laughs> <laughs> brandon mr santa i love it yeah. tin gasp as shalon attacked with everything she had a clawing angry frantic mess it wasn't effective <laughs> it just looks so messy like <laughs> she's just like flailing about <laughs> yeah Tin's fist buries into her stomach and Shalon sinks to her knees, tears on her cheek. Tin cracked her on the side of the head, making her vision go white. Where did that come from, Tin says. Shalon blinks. Her vision was swimming. She was on the ground again. Her fingernails had left a set of bloody rips across Tin's cheek. Tin reached up, hand coming away, red. What a mess, Tin growls. Stormin, I'm going to have to invite that Vatha here and find a way to blame this on him. Hmm. Tin pulls the sword from its, from its sheath. Shalon struggles to her knees, then tries to climb to her feet. Pattern, she, she croaks. Pattern, she heard something outside. There were shouts. I'm sorry, Tin says. I'm going to have to tie this up. I'm going to have to tie this up tight. In a way, I'm proud of you. You fooled me. You could have been good at this. Yeah, I, I love this whole been, part or, here. Or you'd have been good at this. Yeah, I love this whole part. She's like, I'm going to have to invite Vatha here. She, Like, this yeah. just happened, and Tin's already, I guess I'm going to have to fucking uh, frame gonna, the other dude. Dude, she's so she's manipulative. On it. Yeah, and, dude, she's on it like, already. It's like, this it's, isn't the first time I've fucking been betrayed and had to frame someone else's for a murder. It, like, was, like, it was like the moment in Goodfellas when, when he shoots Spider, and he's like, what, I'm going to have to dig the hole myself? Okay, I'm done. <laughs> First time I dig a hole, I'll get some live. <laughs> yeah. It's and then just, I really uh, do love this acknowledgement here of, it's almost yeah, like the reverse too. of, I liked it. you know, Yasna in the first book, when she finds out about the betrayal by Shalon, she's like, you know, you, you would have been good, a good scholar. 
no, that's really too bad this happened because you would have been good at this. And she doesn't say those exact words, but that sentiment is there. And now Tin is like, fuck, now I got to kill you. You would have been good at this. So it's really, it's that's this you know whole vis-a-vis teacher thing that we have going on. You know what else is interesting? Hmm. Surgeon, soldier, scholar, con artist. Yeah, the two two versions both, of both uh, of these characters have the just duality. Yeah, this, for sure. Shalon's got duality two, for sure. Well, we've talked about right. the scholar and the thief, and uh, you know, I so, love it. Yeah, it's really. Cool. I just like that there's these parallels between these two characters. That's why I want. I know that she's betrothed to Adeline, but I want Shalon and Kaladin to meet. In not just give me your boots, <laughs> not just a not just a boots. Yeah, it's great. I don't like her. She kicked me in the face. Um, that was an obscure Willow reference. Um, okay, so calm. She says, "Be calm." Ten heartbeats, but for her, it didn't have to be ten, did it? No, it must be time. I need time. She had spheres in her sleeve, and as Tin approached, Shalon breathed in sharply. Stormlight became a raging tempest inside of her, and she raised her hand, thrusting out a pulse of light. She couldn't form it into anything. She still didn't know how, but it seemed for a moment to show a rippling image of Shalon, standing proudly like a woman at the court. Tin is looking at this. So I'm going mad, Tin says, hearing voices, seeing things. I guess part of me doesn't want to do this. She advances, raising her blade. I'm sorry that you have to learn the, les- the, the lesson this... <laughs> I like how she says the lesson. Yeah, just like the lesson. I'm sorry that you have to learn the lesson this way. Sometimes we must do things we don't like, kid. Mm-hmm. Difficult things. So um, Shalon growled. So hold on here. Um, let's not yeah, rush forward ahead. here for a second. So Shalon's yeah. like, I need to be calm. And then she thinks, right. 10 heartbeats. We know what that signifies. Right. We already know that. Mm-hmm. And then she says... But for her, it didn't have to be 10, did it? Right. And then she says, no, it must be 10. I need time. So she's implying here that she could maybe summon this sword under 10 heartbeats. Right. Right. But it doesn't matter. But she needs time, I think, to mentally prepare. And also to distract tin she realizes she's fucked right yeah. now which is why yeah. she tries to do something with stormlight and it just creates kind of like um a duplicate of shallan yeah like a, yeah, a you know like yeah like a a minor yeah. image or whatever um, minor illusion yeah. yeah but it's like shallan as she wishes she could be in this moment which is a yeah. lady of the court nicely dressed all that kind of stuff right um so yeah and i like i like how tin is reacting to it too like she sees this image and she's like look sorry kid I mean, it sucks that you're going to learn the lesson this way. It makes it more painful for Tin to continue doing what she's doing right. with this image in front of her now. Yeah. Right? So Shalon growls, thrusting her hands forward, mist twisted and writhed in her hands as a brilliantly silver blade formed there, spearing Tin through the chest. The woman barely had time to gasp in surprise as her eyes burned in her skull. So she like Tin, fucking she ignited it. her hands out and just swoop, yeah plunges yeah. the blade in her. I know. That's awesome. Like she summoned it and it went through her. Yeah. That's right. It's crazy. Tin's corpse slides off the weapon, collapsing in a heap. Difficult thing, Shalon repeats. Yes, I believe I told you. 
I've learned that lesson already. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that perfect? It's awesome. This is the Blossoms it's, and Cake it's part, so, right? The... It's so perfect. I mean, certainly for me, Blossoms and Cake, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, it's a fun title, but Difficult Things, I'm sure that was among that's, Mr. Sanderson's That's probably, second. yeah, I have, the, I have that written right. out in my, uh, my notes here, alternate chapter title, right. Difficult Things. But I do like Blossoms and Cake because um, it, you know, reverts back to the, yeah, the past or whatever, right? Yeah, I wish I'd, re- I'd kept that in my memory banks. The tent flaps uh, open and Shalon sees Vatha, Gaz, and a few other soldiers stopping there in a jumble, weapons bloodied. They looked from Shalon to the corpse on the floor with its burnt-out eyes and then back to Shalon. Shalon feels numb. She wanted to dismiss the blade, even hide it. It was terrible, but she did not. Because at the moment, she needed something strong to hold to. And the weapons served that purpose. Yeah. Even if she hated it. Yeah, she's using it like a crutch right now. Yeah. But I like how she's using what she needs to get what she needs yeah. done. Yeah, yeah. And right now she's like, Tin soldiers. Was that her voice, completely cold, purged of emotion? Stormfather Vatha says, That night when you pled with us, you could have <laughs> you could have killed every one of us, and the bandits too. You could have done it on your own. Tin's men, Shalon shouted. Dead brightness, Red says. We heard, we heard a voice telling us to come and get you, and they wouldn't let us pass, and then we heard the screaming, and was it the voice of the Almighty? Vatha asked in a whisper. It was my spren, Shalon said. That is all you need to know. Search this tent. This woman was hired to assassinate me. There might be records of who hired her. Bring me anything you find with writing on it. And they swarm and they get to work. Mm-hmm. Shalon sits down on the stool on the table and the span read was still waiting there, hovering, pausing at the bottom of the page, and it had a new sheet. This is, um, Shal- so this is cool here. <laughs> this is so cool. I love that the span is still coming in, dude. Like, yeah. it's such a great tension tool, I find, in this whole thing. For the sure. The span read coming in, the pen writing. Oh, yeah, like, it's awesome. I just love it, dude. It's killer. Yeah, I like this moment here where Vath is like, shit, like that night when you tried to recruit us, you could have fucking killed all of us. Yeah. But she really couldn't have. Because she doesn't know how to use the sword. He's, she's holding a shard important. blade, and he thinks automatically she knows how to use it. Right. Of course. Appearances yeah. are everything, right? Yeah. Cause Appearances. Because norm- normally you only re- get a shard blade when you kill someone who had a shard blade. That's how you who get it. a shard blade. Right? right. So, yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Appearances. Yeah. It's, it's pretty really, cool. It's really fucking cool. Um, well, and in addition to that... So hang on, do we know exactly where Shalon got her shard blade? Nope. Oh. We don't at all. So so there you go. We don't. We know so that's that another, we so know that's that, a bit, another big shot. We know that Helleran had a shard blade. Right. Her brother, her older brother. Right. Right. But we don't know. We don't know. Jeez. Oh, we don't even know if this is the same one. We don't know if it's it could be the same one. It could be a different one. We don't know. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, so the span read is still coming in, and um, Shalon dismisses the shard blade. Do not speak of what you saw here to the others. Shard blades were near mythical objects, and a woman holding one? Rumors would spread. Yeah. Just what, just what she needed. You're alive because of that cursed thing, she thought to herself, so stop complaining. She took the span read up, and after a moment, Tin's distant accomplice started writing again. 
Your benefactors on the Amidlatin job wish to meet with you, the pen wrote. It seems that the ghost bloods have something else for you to do. Would you like me to arrange a meeting with them in the war camps? Tin's benefactors, the ghost bloods, mm-hmm. had found the information they sought. Information about a city. Urethiru. Mm-hmm. The, people who, the people who had killed Yasna, the people who threatened her family were searching for the city too, and Shalon stared at the paper and its words for an extended moment as Vath and his men began pulling clothing out of, the, out of Tin's trunk, knocking on, on its sides to find anything hidden. Would you like me to arrange a meeting with them? Shalon took the span read, switched the Fabrial setting, and then wrote a single word. Yes. The end of part two. Oh, baby! So what do you think, dude? Well, it's crazy. Shardblade, mm-hmm. tin. Yeah. First of all, my favorite tin would be the tin machine with David Bowie. Okay. Um. So this tin cannot replace that tin, and uh, I might uh, even go for the for the for the Tin Man in uh, in Wizard of Oz. I have a I have another a tin that I'd like to give a shout out to. Um, tin tin. Mister. No, Mister Kevin Costner, Tin Cup himself. Um. Love me oh, a the good tin cup. Love me yeah. a good uh, Kevin Costner movie. I have drunk from the tin cup many times, and I've, un- I've enjoyed the movie, even though I'm not the biggest sport movie guy. Dude, tin cup is fucking awesome. But tin cup Cheech, is fun. Cheech Marin, Cheech Marin is awesome. <laughs> Rene Russo, fucking Rene Don Russo. Johnson. It's such a good movie. It's so good. Okay, so <laughs> sidetrack. Uh, we're gonna have to do a movie podcast because we talk about movies so much. Tin. Um, are, what's your favorite tin? So, what do you think well, about this? Uh, Urethiru. The Ghost Bloods have found well, information about a city. Urethiru. Yeah. So. What's interesting is that there's another party that's interested in finding Urethiru, and not only are they interested in finding it, but they're interested in killing anyone else who might know about it. Mm-hmm. This kind of speaks to me, it's a little more nefarious, but it's not quite, it's not as dissimilar as different, um, you know, I guess, interested parties in an Indiana Jones adventure. Right. Trying, trying to find like in this ancient city, but mm-hmm. you know, you've got maybe you know they've got the Nazis that are trying to get it, but they're also interested in what Indy can do. Um, but in this case, you've got these ghost bloods that are they're willing to take Yasna out. Right. This is we. This is really important here because we get we get a good idea about why the Wind's Pleasure and Yasna were attacked mm. and and stuff. We we finally have a better idea of things now because in this chapter it says. They found the information elsewhere. The information they didn't get from right. Yasna, they found it elsewhere. So, the information about but, a city. But where? We don't know that yet. We don't know what... And, and, and what's weird is that why... Okay, so if you found the information elsewhere, were you going to Yasna to try to get what she had at the very least? Or were you just trying to stop the investigation on it Yasna's It sounds end? like what the, the span read said was... Mm. Um, they do want to know if you recovered the information, but I think it's secondary to them. They let slip that right. they've found the information uh, they need elsewhere. So they were going to get this information from Yasna Kolin, but they ended up mm-hmm. finding it elsewhere as well. So even though they didn't get it right. from her, they did get something somewhere else as well. So we know right. now the motive for Yasna's death and pretty much the slaughter of all those people on that ship, which right. is... Um, the information about what Shalon thinks is Urethiru. Right. Uh, the, the lost city it's of pretty, gold. It's pretty or, crazy. Uh, yeah, the, so it's pretty cool. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any, uh, I mean, it's a pretty great uh, chapter, so do, mean, do you have a highlight? 
the highlight would would I will have to say well one of them was Pattern speaking in Yasna's voice Fucking that cool. was particularly so really awesome great for me mm-hmm. yeah I really like that but also you know her summoning the blade yeah like we... her summoning her own shard blade you know where did it come from it, it I guess it brings all those questions and being willing to do what's necessary to like. This is Shalon getting her hands really dirty. Yeah, now. the difficult things. So the difficult things, yeah. right? So you know, blossoms and cake. Yeah, it's not been all blossoms. Yeah, thanks and cake. to uh, thanks to Jasper and uh, Joel for doing a little bit of uh, on the spot research yeah, for thanks, us here. Guys. To, thanks for helping. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's great. My highlight is definitely finally Shalon showing us the reader that she does definitely have a shard blade. It has right. been teased yeah. so many times. We've heard the word, um, uh, you know, you know, she thinks about um, her experience in the alley with Yasna that night when Yasna mm-hmm. taught her the lesson, which is also kind right. of mirrored here with this lesson that Tin is about to teach her or she thinks she's going to teach her. And she says, I wasn't unarmed, but no, I cannot. Right. Right. And then right. she also mentions 10 heartbeats a couple of times over the course of mm-hmm. Way of Kings. So this has been leading for a book in a, two parts right now. And we yep. finally get to yeah, see you get it. that yeah. mist form and uh, the, 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 the silveriness of the, her sword. So it's the fucking awesome. Blade. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, yeah. I'm also with you. I really love that Pattern uh, spoke like Yasna. And I also really like that Pattern yeah. went off on his own and went and found the men. Yes. So awesome. He's so useful. And that's like a separate battle that went on outside because, you know, she would have been up against, you know, Tin's Tin's loyal men, right? It's really interesting to find out that Pattern went to the men and was like, you know, either Shalon needs your help or maybe he pretended to be Shalon and was like, help, help, or we don't know what he did to get their attention. Do you think it's, you think it's self-preservation? What, for, for Pattern? Mm -hmm. I mean... Yes, absolutely. But also mm-hmm. maybe more than that, yeah. right? Maybe. Because yeah. we know that Spren have uh, intelligence in this, in this world through a bond, through the nail bond, right? You know what we do know? What do we know? Is that we've, is that we've reached the end of part two. We have reached the motherfucking end <laughs> of part two, dude. Like we are here. We are here. It's so this is great. a new place. Yeah, it's so awesome. Part two is in the bag. You know what else is in the bag? An info well, dump. No, is it a, a, I don't keep is that it in the bag. Is it a dump of the information type? <laughs> it is. It totally is. <laughs> um, not a lot of stuff here today. Um, Tashik, which is where the person yes. with the span read on yep. the other side was, is mm-hmm. west of Imul and south of Azir. It is one of mm-hmm. these 10 Makabaki nations that happen, that kind of take place in central uh, Roshar. Um, so it's interesting. I, I like that. Um, also, Pattern, it says in this chapter that Pattern cannot vanish completely. We know that Syl can make right. herself not seen by Almost people. Almost invisible. She, yeah, she chooses who can see her and who can't. Rock mm-hmm. is able to see her for some reason, but she mm-hmm. has to allow someone else to see her. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas a pattern has to hide. He can make himself almost invisible, but not completely. So he still has to be careful when he's hiding. He has to like kind of blend in Mm -hmm. with the colors and shapes and whatever. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I found that really, really interesting that there is a little bit of a difference here between the two, um, between the two spren, right? There's, there's, Mm -hmm. there's both Mm -hmm. spren, but they're both a little different from each other, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so that's it for the show, yeah, everybody. Um, the next episode, I keep forgetting to do mm. this. We uh, we could have the to keep interludes. talking about the next episode so that people We're can gonna know. We're going to do the interludes. We're going to do the entire interludes. So it's I-5, I-6, I-7, and I-8. So four interludes, all very, very short. It's It might mm. actually go on record as our shortest episode ever, though I'm pretty sure we will find ways to make it really, really long. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so... So uh, that's it for the episode, everybody. Um, if you want to support the show, um, you can do so at patreon.com slash heroes of where we have, uh, you know, select tiers like early access and ask, um, access to the discord. We've got a bunch of bonus episodes up there. Um, we have all kinds of little treats for you to go discover. We do a, a weekend show called Ugly Mugs where we talk about the episodes that were released and people from the Discord come on and they ask us questions and it's super fun. Um, and I just really enjoy talking to my best friend over coffee. So I would do that anyways, so why not record <laughs> it? Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, if you want to support the show, you can do that at uh, patreon.com slash heroes of. If you want to reach out and talk to us, you can do so by email at heroesofacathra at gmail.com. You can always reach out on Twitter at heroes of one. Or the best place you can find us is on the Storm Pod on Instagram. I'm always lurking, looking at fan art. It is Inktober as we record here, so every day is another day for another awesome Stormlight uh, archive art. And it's just, there's so much. I'm like drowning in art right now. It's so amazing. So yeah, um, thanks everyone for listening. Um, this was a little bit longer of an episode than I expected us to. These two chapters are short, but they're pretty significant chapters. So I'm just mm. really glad that I get to sit down here and record with my bud. Um, so yeah, uh, thanks for listening. We love you very much. Until next time. Take care, everybody. The Storm Pod is brought to you by Heroes of. Music and theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by our wonderful Patreon team and the Heroes of Acathra.